Ozark Highlands Radio is brought to you by the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas, a wonderful way to enjoy yesterday. On the web at OzarkFolkCenter.com. Hey everybody, this is Dave Smith, host of Ozark Highlands Radio. This week we're going to take a trip back in time to the golden age of American gramophone recording when we feature the Side Street Steppers, who will take us back to the Roaring Twenties and the popular music of that time. Get ready to pull the rug back because you'll be wanting to do the Charleston and the Lindy Hop before this show is over. Charlie Sandage will also continue his piece on folklorist Bill McNeil and Bill's love for traditional ballads. And my pal Mark Jones has found a recording of a great fiddle tune played by the one and only Buddy Lancaster. This week on Ozark Highlands Radio. Dubbed the golden age of gramophone recording, the two decades between 1920 and World War II saw the rise of jazz and the birth of the blues, the demise of ragtime, and the emergence of hillbilly music that would become known throughout the world as country music. The Side Street Steppers present a pastiche of this transformation of the American musical landscape, performing on vintage and homemade instruments. Get ready for plenty of hip-shaking, foot-stomping, caterwauling, and crooning.
Yeah, so, uh, so the band really started with uh, Vera and I. You know, my wife and I met on a dance floor doing contra dancing in her hometown of Huntsville, Alabama in 2008. And so really it was kind of a, contra dancing was like a gateway um, opportunity for me into the world of old time music. Generally these days, if you're in a community that has a contra dance, contra dancing is done to live music. So it was really my first opportunity to hear fiddles and banjos playing this kind of vintage Americana music. And so shortly after starting Contra Dancing, I was roped into the guitar spot in an old time fiddle band. So it was me on guitar and two grizzled old veterans on fiddle and banjo. And at six months into the band, and I couldn't stop watching the banjo player play clawhammer banjo, I'm like, you gotta show me how to do that. You know, and from there, and then we, then a mandolin player joined the band and I was, you know, stared at him for two or three months and was like, I gotta get one of those, you know? And so when Vera and I met, um, Christian was playing everything. I was playing a lot of stuff. And he was like, here, here carry all these for me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
Oh, we yeah, we were at a we were at a wedding and there was a late, it was a bunch of musicians with like a late night jam, and um, the woman who was getting married was a clawhammer banjo player and she sat down beside me and I was like nodding off. It's it was two, like in, three, two in the morning. Yeah. All these musicians still up jamming, um, and she was like, "Now, honey, if you're gonna date a picker, you need to learn to play something, or you're gonna spend a lot of time tired and bored." And I was. Point well taken, <laughs> and then I didn't have to be a roadie anymore. So, so yeah, the guy, the guy who I build, the guy who taught me how to build banjos, yeah, he loaned her an old Slingerland banjo uke from the 1920s, and she started playing banjo ukulele. And then we just got into like all the old. Well, first we were doing old time, then we got in from there. We just got into blues and jazz and jug bands. Yeah, it was just like I said, it was a gateway. So you know, pretty quickly, you know, I, I noticed that uh, aside from the old time fiddle tradition, there was all this great. Music, particularly the black music, the blues and jazz and jug band music, and um, I was instantly attracted to that music. So she was playing banjo, five string banjo and ukulele, and I was playing fiddle, banjo, mandolin, and guitar. And um, we just had an idea, you know, we would do this, we would do this band thing, and um, and so the name Side Street Steppers came from, you know, we met on a dance floor, so that's the Steppers part. And we knew when we started the band, we wanted to have that formula, the something, something, somethingers. It's very popular. So we're gonna be the something steppers and side street just seemed to really just define and describe the music that we play. That's and it's that's nice alliteration and I love that. That's my favorite literary <laughs> device.
more time for Mr. Benjamin Walsh on the upright Victoria singing there for you ladies and gentlemen so um so we've got some connections to the community as far as the the music itself I love Ozark old-time music and I have a small 78 collection of some of the performers from this area um, and we Vera and I both love the fiddling the fiddle and banjo tradition you know both from the Appalachians and from the Ozarks and um, I said before that, you know, kind of our closet musical love is electronica. But um, our other thing that we do, if we have, if we're at home alone and we're going to play music just to her and I together for enjoyment, I'll grab a fiddle, fiddle and tunes, she'll yeah. grab a banjo <laughs> and we'll play old time tunes. We won't sing a lick. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Benjamin Walsh on the upright bass.
That was the Side Street Steppers from Memphis, Tennessee. They started that set with Hesitation Blues, followed by the Lindyberg Hop, Summertime, and ending with All of Me. We've got lots of good music from the Side Street Steppers on this show. But after this break, I think I'll check in on Mark Jones, our keeper of the vault. This is Ozark Highlands Radio. down to the vault now to visit with my buddy Mark Jones. Mark keeps the collection of recordings that we've made here at the Ozark Folk Center really since we opened up in 1973. Let's go down there and see him now. Hey, Mark. Ah, Dave. How are you? Well, I'm pretty good. You doing okay? Doing one. Oh, you look like a million bucks, man. All yeah, green and wrinkled. Green and wrinkled. <laughs> that's, that's about it, sir. Well, Every week you come up with some great tune for us. What have you got this week? Well, I've been listening to some stuff, and I just, boy, one of the best old-time fiddle players, and he's played for many square dances at people's houses, and I've just always enjoyed listening and playing with Buddy Lancaster. Buddy Lancaster, sure enough. He was a fine fiddler here for a long, long time. He sure was. I bet he started here at the Folk Center when they opened up, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. And that would have been 1973, huh? So that's been a while ago. Uh-huh. And uh, he's doing a tune called Back Up and Push. Well, we still play that here at the Folk Center, don't we? We sure do. And who's playing on this? Well, it's Buddy course on fiddle tommy simmons playing guitar lloyd long playing bass and pam simmons playing spoon tommy's daughter uh-huh. mm-hmm. and lynn young and i playing banjo two banjos two it hurts oh my gosh both ears. yeah <laughs> well, well let's listen to a little back up and push all right
Oh, boy, that's great to hear. That's some pretty fine banjo playing there. Well, thank you. We sure had a big time when we yeah. were together. And it's nice to hear Lynn Young, too. You know, I saw Lynn a few years ago. He lives in uh, Buffalo, Wyoming now, and he's the fiddler for a group called the Fiddling Foresters, which is the National Forest Service's own personal string band. Really? Yeah. And he played fiddle? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, and uh, Lloyd Long, I think, has passed on now, and so has Buddy Lancaster. And, of course, Pam and Tommy are still playing music right here in Mountain View. They sure are. Well, thanks a lot. That was really great to hear that tune. Well, thank you for coming down. Christian Stanfield and Miss Vera Victoria founded the Side Street Steppers in June of 2009. What began as a simple duo of musicians unearthing material from the golden age of American gramophone recording has grown into a full-blown Memphis institution. The Side Street Steppers are a page from America's past, playing rare and popular music from the 1920s and 30s. Here they are playing a set of songs we recorded when they visited us last summer here at the Ozark Folk Center.
Miss Mandy Nicole Martin singing there for you. Well, I uh, I met them, uh, Christian and Vera, after a show. They uh, they already had formed the band with a, another married couple, and I got to see them in a show, and I just fell over myself with like just awe because this is the kind of music that my my grandmother used to sing in the kitchen cooking, you know, and I used to, I know all the songs, and so the previous married couple. Um, were having a baby. So they knew that they were gonna have to look for, you know, another washboard player and singer. And so I got the phone call and they told me, you know, they to come over and sing and see if we if we sounded good together. And I did. And then they were like, by the way, you're just, we're just gonna put a washboard on you and just just figure it out. It's just been uh, three years or so of mm -hmm. just making it up. YouTube is really helpful these days. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And um, I've since I've seen a couple players on the road on shows that we've gone to and shows that I've seen like sought out, but um, a lot of it, I just kind of made it up. I didn't even know um, that that was a style or technique. And then later I would hear it and I'd be like, oh, I do that, that's all. A lot of it's just, um, uh, what do you call that? Intuition. Intuition. Intuition, yeah, you just, you just feel it. Yeah. 
jug of whiskey. Keep my baby good and frisky. Keep my skin good and greasy all the time, time, time. Skin good and greasy all the time. Well, I'm going downtown. Go buy me a sack of flour. Cook me a whole cake every hour. Keep my skin good and greasy all the time. I think the I think the Memphis music scene is really diverse, and I think the as soon as you start talking with people that live the Memphis music scene, you realize that there's so much more there than you know any you know tourist could really snatch onto. So yeah, there's definitely I mean there's definitely kind of the Beale Street music scene, and you know what a lot of the musical tourists want to come through and listen to. But outside of that, you know I mean for our musical taste and kind of our palette, you know, if we wanted to go out and see music, there's great music to see in Memphis. That's what I was going to say is just, um, the, it is everywhere in Memphis. You don't have to be in the know to find good music in Memphis. Anyone can find it. It's all over. And it's just, you know, oozing into the air everywhere. It's, it's, it, it really helps thrive, like, uh, uh, breathe that musical life into Memphis and keep it going because you can find it anywhere. Mostly, like anybody in the band is welcome to bring a song. Generally, we will um, hear a song or 
you know, I, I'm a 78 record collector, so I'm constantly bringing music into the house and we'll put on 78s or Vera will collect um, CDs or digital compilations of different classic blues singers and just listen through their entire repertoire and certain songs will jump out. Um, yeah, and rarely, every once in a while, we'll hear a modern band who reinterprets old material do something and we're like, oh, we should do that too. But very, that's, 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 that, that hardly ever happens. Mostly it's, you know, just going in and doing the original research and look, listening to source recordings and, you know, whatever jumps out and we'll be like, we want to do that. We don't write music. Um, we've written verses and we do all of our own arrangements, but we're very, you know, every once in a while people will be like, oh, you should write stuff. And, you know, it's just not what we want to do. You know, we are into historical preservation and on the representation of the material of the 1920s and 30s, kind of keeping that music alive. The Side Street Steppers from Memphis, Tennessee, playing some tunes you might have heard on a wax cylinder back around, say, 1930 or so. In that segment, we heard, I may be late, but I'll be up to date when I can shimmy like my sister Kate, keep my skillet good and greasy, hey, good looking, and five foot two, eyes of blue. There are still more hot tunes to come from the Side Street Steppers, but after this break, our resident historian Charlie Sandage will continue his profile of the late folklorist Bill McNeil. You're listening to Ozark Highlands Radio.
We're continuing with the help of archivist Jeff Llewellyn to browse the holdings of the Arkansas State Archives and other resources, recalling the legacy of the late Dr. Bill McNeil, who spent 30 years as the staff folklorist at the Ozark Folk Center. Although the work of a folklorist goes far beyond collecting and studying ballads and folk tales, McNeil's take on traditional balladry is as good a place as any to start. We'll hear him open a ballad workshop, giving his characteristically brief, straightforward explanation of the subject at hand. And, because of a glitch in the original recording, we'll call on Jeff to fill in some information that was lost. I guess to uh, fill out the sort of educational requirements that I should point out that there's three types of ballads that are commonly sung, not only in the Ozarks, but in, uh, among traditional singers in the United States and other places as well. They're what are called child ballads, broadside ballads, and Native American ballads. Most people who have poked around at all in this area know there's an old multi-volume collection called English and Scottish Popular Ballads, but here's where we need Jeff to tell us what else Dr. McNeil would have said about child ballads. Child ballads are not like lullabies or have anything to do with kids. It's because they were collected by Francis James Child, who was an American scholar out of Harvard University, and uh, collected about 350, I think. So you'll see sometimes in lists it'll go Child Ballad 43, and that means that's where it fell in the, in the list. In the 1800s, he finally uh, published uh, the English-Scottish popular ballads. Some of it, he didn't, he didn't live long enough to get all of it out, all of his annotations. But they basically cover between 1500 and 1750, everything from historical uh, events to uh, there's songs about Robin Hood, there's songs about King Arthur, there's uh, fairy tales, lots of elfin knights and kings, and they're actually quite dark. Some of them are. Some of them are like Shakespeare plays where the, the man meets a woman and the woman gets pregnant and she dies and the baby dies and man dies and all his family dies and <laughs> the end and let's write a song and dance to it. Returning now to Bill McNeil. The broadside ballads are called that not because they were shot out of guns or shot at or anything, but because they were printed on what are called, were called at one time broadsides, which were little sheets of paper printed on one side only. And then, of course, uh, the Native American ballads uh, were ballads that originated in this country. The broadside ballads ranged in age from about 1600 to 1900, and Native American ballads from about 1850 to about 1950, the ones that are traditionally sung. We'll quickly sample Bill's introductions to classic examples of each of these three ballad types, beginning with child ballads. There's no such thing as the correct version of a folk ballad. Uh, there are many, just many different versions, all of which are equally correct. And perhaps just very briefly, we'd go around each person do one verse of Barbara Allen, which is probably the best known of the child ballads, number 84, for those of you who are counting. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so uh, I guess I'll start off with the, the verse the way I don't even remember where I first heard this, but it's fairly common uh, uh, version. 
In Scarlet Town, where I was born, there was a fair made dwelling, made every youth cry well away. Her name was Barbary Allen. Broadside Ballads. And the song I'm going to sing is Broadside Ballad, which dates back to the late 18th century. It's called A Miller's Will. And uh, I got this uh, about 20, let's see, 1966 from Dorrance Weir of Cooperstown, New York. There was no man, and he had three sons. He realized his race was run. And when he came to write his will, all he had was one old mill. Come a whack, come a fall, come a radio. Come a whack, come a fall, come a radio. The story goes on to hear the old miller approach each of his three sons, asking them what fees they would charge if the mill were theirs. He finally concludes that none of them will squeeze enough money out of their customers, so he won't leave the mill to any of them. Finally, Native American stories. Here, Bill McNeil sings a Jesse James ballad, but not the more widely known one. Uh, well, I think uh, I ought to do uh, a Native American ballad. And so uh, this is one that I learned many years ago from uh, Willie Messer, who lived at a place called Pigeon Roost, Kentucky. It's a ballad of Jesse James. <laughs> but it's different than the usual one, as you will soon see. Way out in Missouri lived a bold bad man, known from Seattle down to Birmingham, from Boston, Massachusetts, out across the states, from Denver, Colorado, to the Golden Gate. Now some folks don't believe a lot of things they say, but every nook and corner heard of Jesse James. We used to read about him in our homes at night. The wind come down the chimney, we would shake with fright. This version ends with Bob Ford shooting Jesse, as in the better-known rendition. But this time, the picture Jesse was adjusting on the wall while Ford shot was of his wife, not his mother leading the balladeer to conclude that Jesse would have escaped his fate if he had never married. Archivist Jeff Llewellyn and I will continue to browse through the work of Dr. Bill McNeil a little later on. I'm rolling back and build a jack in those roads I far away. Thanks, Charlie. Let's get back to some more music from the Side Street Steppers. It's hard to classify their music. Probably the best word you can come up with is vintage music. I'll play a few more of their songs, and you decide.
it seems like folk music, as people I think are referring to it, talks about a time when communication wasn't as easy between New York and LA. You know, there were there were many different cultures that existed between the big cities, and the music that came out of those more isolated communities brings individual sounds, and it allows for different people to have di their own traditions and for different people to be right at the same time. And I think it's kind of a reminder that you can be creative, you know, and get inspiration from what's around you locally, um, as wonderful as it is for us to be able to be in touch with the, the entire world if we want to be. I don't, I don't like the, you know, it's, there's, a, there's a wrong way to do it or whatever. It's just, well, that was, that was your folk music. This, I, I get to have my folk music. And <laughs> um, it's, I think it's nice to, you know, try to respect everybody's different take on it and whether you're, trying to emulate or interpret music from the 20s or 30s that has its place and then writing a tune on your porch you know in front of a highway with brand new cars whizzing by is can can be my folk music i'm not one of a greedy kind all of my wants are simple yeah right <laughs> i know what's on my mind i'm not Resting until I find What would make your eyes glisten With joy Well, I'll tell you about that later. Now listen, big boy I want to be loved by you, just you And nobody else behind you
Yeah, so I mean, I think I have a, I have a broad inclusive definition myself. You know, I think it's people, it's music, you know, for folks. You know, it's music that people make at home or in community or in communities. You know, while it can be performed or presented on stage, it's music that is inviting, that anybody can sit down and pick up an instrument and join in and sing a chorus. You know, it's kind of the antithesis to manufactured music or music that is made. You know, I mean, here you get into kind of a, an interesting area, you know, I mean, folk music can definitely be made for commercial consumption, but primarily, you know, just the way I see it, folk music is is made so that anybody can kind of participate. Um, I just, Vera and I have definitely had experiences with people who wanted to have rules or to tell you that, you know, you kind of weren't doing it right. But, you know, for me, you know, I think that um, rather than things being a note-for-note -note interpretation of playing the exact same structure with your hand held in the exact way that Mississippi John Hurt did, does not allow new life to be breathed into the music. And for folk to be a living tradition, you have to let it breathe and grow with the next generation.
Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Mr. Benjamin Walsh on the upright bass. Miss Mandy Nicole Martin on the washboard percussion. Vera Victoria on the banjo, ukulele, and the five-string banjo. My name is Christian Stampede. Ladies and gentlemen, we're the Side Street Steppers from Memphis, Tennessee. That was three more vintage tunes by the phenomenal Side Street Steppers. The Dallas Rag, I Want to Be Loved by You, and Wild About My Love. I'm sure you'll agree with me that you won't hear this kind of music anywhere further up the radio dial. That's about it for this week. You may have noticed that we start this show with the ringing of a cowbell. That's the same bell we start every evening music program with here at the Ozark Folk Center State Park. If you're planning a visit to Mountain View, Arkansas, drop us a line, and we'll give you a chance to start our show with that bell. For Ozark Highlands Radio, I'm Dave Smith. Bye, everybody. Ozark Highlands Radio is produced by Jeff Glover. Executive producer is Darren Dorton. Additional support for this program comes from the Committee of 100, proudly supporting the Ozark Folk Center State Park since 1974. Arkansas State Parks, with 52 unique reasons to visit the natural state. On the web at ArkansasStateParks.com. And by Stone Bank, with deep roots in Mountain View and a deep respect for those who preserve our heritage. More information about what it means to bank Boulder is at StoneBank.com. For information on upcoming shows and events, we are on the web at OzarkHighlandsRadio.com. Until next time, I'm Donna Farrar.